Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the January 3rd, 2016 edition of Season 3 of The Court Report on the Nakam Sequel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. That's right, everyone. Happy New Year to all. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can find me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or like the Court Report fan page. You could also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that time, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids each and every week with you right here on The Court Report. Hello again, everyone, and a very happy new year to you all. Uh, Looking at my notes, we have a lot to get through today, which generally happens when we take a one-week break, as we did last week. Last week's break, however, was for a good reason, and I'd like to extend a mazel tov from all of us at the Court Report to Ramaz hockey coach Baruch Shalowitz and his wife Rachel on a fantastic wedding last week. For those who are curious, as I said uh, the last time we were on the air, that I would go over the schedule for the next few weeks and the remainder of the season. Uh, Right now, it's status quo. The next two weeks uh, during the break will be regular shows. Please stay tuned to have further updates as to what our schedule will be like over the coming weeks. Now, without further ado, though, let's get on to the action-packed report. Let's start things off with JV Hockey. An interesting note for JV Hockey, after the games of the last two weeks, we now have seven of the eight playoff spots filled. So let's start off, let's go out to the West, where last Sunday, two Sundays ago, TABC and SAR squared off. An important game in the JV West. The last time these two teams met, it was a 1-1 tie in the rink in Riverdale. TABC, three points behind Frisch entering the night, needed a win to keep themselves in the running at the top of the division, SAR, needing points just to stay alive in the race for the last playoff spot. Scoreless first period, but a few ticks into the second, Yitzi Kopstick would put TABC up one to nothing. Four minutes later, Henry Kolb with the shot from in front of the TABC net to tie the game up at one. That would be all of the scoring in the second, but it would set the tone for the remainder of the game. As in the third, Avram Gelman put TABC up two to one, only to see Jonathan Hames tie it up at two. SAR would score again, then TABC, and then SAR again, right off the faceoff, to make it 4-3 SAR, all in the first four and a half minutes of the third period. It looked as if SAR had the game in their control, but four minutes later, though, TABC would find Paterd again with Ephraim Tiger tying the game back up. Eight minutes later, the score would stay the same, meaning that once again, these two teams would end up in a tie. For TABC, the point helps clinch a playoff berth, but could cost them a shot at a top-four seeding and a first-round home game. For SAR, every point counts, as I said, and now the Sting can clinch with a regulation win over Ramaz next Sunday. 
Sunday, a Rambam loss or tie, and a YDE loss to North Shore tomorrow night. Moving over to a team that has already sealed their playoff entry, Frisch squared off with Rambam the very next night. Joe Tropp and Benji Feintuck put home power play goals in the first two periods to stake the Cougars to a 2-0 lead. Another Frisch goal would slam the door on the Ravens, who we will hear more about in a minute. Frisch would also put together a 7-0 win over MTA to put the Lions at virtual elimination and also not only clinch a playoff spot, but a... 8-0 record and 16 points also clinched the JV Western Division. Frisch will be guaranteed one of the top three spots in the playoffs and will compete with DRS, whom we will talk about more in a second as well, for the number one seed in the playoffs. The Cougars can clinch a top two spot with a win over TABC tomorrow night, assuming that DRS defeated JEC today. Going back to Rambam, two days after the Frisch game, Rambam would be in action again. This time jumping out early, Rambam would take a 2-0 lead on Hafter into the third on goals by Ethan Zelvin and Kobe Cohen. Hafter chipped back, though, with a goal by Jacob Kramer to cut the deficit to one, and a short while later, a face-off deep in the Rambam zone resulted in a loose ball in the back of the Rambam net and a tie game. The game would once again go to overtime in the overtime session. Rambam turnover at its own foul line, Yehuda Blonder put the ball on the back of the net for the game winner, another 3-2 Hafter overtime win over Rambam, the second of the season. The win clinches a playoff berth for the Hawks, who are now 6-1-0-1. A little fact about Hafter, five of their eight games this season have gone into overtime. Another game where a team uh, took a two-goal lead and let it drop, uh, DRS and Hank squared off last Motze Chavez. Uh, Hank went up 2 nothing er, on uh, two early goals by Jacob Schwartzman and Yoni Hazan before Jakey Friedman closed the door, and DRS would score the next three to take the 3-2 win. Hank had a four-on-two to put the game away in this one, up 2 nothing, and managed just one shot on net during the span. This is uh, the first time this season that Friedman has yielded more than one goal against, and with DRS's 5 nothing win over Rambam to round out the week, another Friedman shutout in eight games. That brings his uh, goals against total to just four. Um, now, it, it pays to discuss how tough his division, act, you know, the, the Eastern Division actually is. You have teams like Rambam, teams like uh, Hank, Hafter, Norsha. You have some of the best scorers in the league in this division. Hafter having Jacob Kramer, Hank having Schwartzman, Hazan, Bernie Maslin, Norshore having uh, having Goldman, Rambam having a few goal scorers uh, such as uh, Kobe Cohen and uh, and uh, Jacob Corman. And you know the fact that that Friedman has been able to keep his entire division down, only having uh, four goals against. Uh, it's an impressive, a really impressive feat. I mean, yes, he has a very good team in front of him, but still, you could have a very good team in front of you and yield goals. But he, having five shutouts on the year, it's almost unheard of before. Speaking of uh, speaking of Rambam, it was the fourth loss in two weeks for Rambam, a playoff hopes all but gone for the two-time consecutive finalists, who will likely finish out their season tomorrow night against Hank. Moving over to the Central, really interesting uh, events on the week. Uh, YDE uh, defeated Share 1-0. JEC defeated Mag and David 8-0. Alicia Schmutter with another four-goal effort to bring his total uh, to uh, 
to 26 through 8 games. We'll get back to another game for them in just a second. Flatbush uh, defeating Sharae 10-0. So these two teams come into uh, came into a game against each other last week uh, virtually virtually tied. And uh, this game, the game that they played, would end up really meaning a lot to the division. It was a wild game where Flatbush opened up a 4-1 lead from four different goal scorers, Jack Towell, Murray Dweck, Momo Goldman, and Ezra Dweck at the end of one. And it would extend it further to 6-1 in the second, with Goldman and Ezra Dweck notching their second. Uh, A trade-off of goals to end the second and start the third would make it 7-2. But in a true showing of perseverance, the Thunder boomed back, scoring four unanswered goals to make it a 7-6 game. And, with the clock winding down and JEC on the power play, the Thunder would have a chance to tie, but could not complete the comeback, taking the first loss of the season. Towel, Goldman, and Dweck each had two for Flappish, while Arie Marcus and Natano Kramer had two apiece for JEC. The loss would still keep JEC uh, in the Central Division lead and could still clinch with a Flatbush loss to Rambam a couple of days later and almost got their wish. Uh, Rambam would open up the uh, the game scoring first, Benny Schillack scoring for the Ravens, but just like in Hafter, the third was a killer for the Ravens. Murray Dweck scoring in the closing seconds of the game and again in the overtime to put Flatbush in the driver's seat in the Central. So Flatbush closes out their season with a record of 8-1-0-1 with 17 points. JEC at 8-1 is one point behind them going into today's DRS game. So the math is simple. If JEC won or tied, JEC would get the Central and a top three spot. If JEC lost in overtime, they would end up tied with Flatbush in all tie-breaking scenarios. And a coin flip, I believe, would decide the Central Division champion. An outright DRS win would not only give Flatbush the Central, but would also clinch the East title for DRS, meaning that our top three seeds in the playoffs would be figured out as to who, DRS, Flatbush, and Frisch, but not as to where they will be placed. Taking a look now at the standings, uh, starting off in the East, DRS, who has clinched a playoff berth with 16 points, uh, again, at 8-0 at the top. Hafter already clinching a playoff berth at 6-1-0-1. Hank also clinching a playoff berth at 4-2-0-2. 10 points, 3 points behind Hafter. Uh, Rambam at 1-4-1-3. Very colorful scoring line there. 6 points. North Shore uh, trailing at the back to 5 and 1 with 5 points. Looking at the central, Flatbush, again, as we said, 8-1-0-1, so far at the top of the division. JEC right behind them at 8-1. YDE at 3-6 with 6 points. Mag and David 1-7 with 2 points. And Shari Torah 0-8 with 8 points. Going to the West, Frisch has clinched the Western uh, the Western Conference title at 8-0. TABC uh, 6 points behind them at 4-1-2 with 10 points. SAR, four points behind them with six points at 2-3-2. Ramaz at 2-5-0-1-1 with five points. And MTA rounding out the division at 2-7 with four points. So taking a look at the teams that have clinched a playoff berth, as we we said, we have seven. We have DRS, Hafter and Hank from the East, Flatbush and JEC from the Central, and Frisch and TABC from the West. Already eliminated is Shari Torah. The most they can only get is four points. Teams that are very close to elimination, MTA, Mag and David, um, 
North Shore and Ramam are pretty much at that point. North Shore can actually get nine points. They'll have to uh, they'll have to win out though. Uh, it's a pretty daunting task given uh, given their remaining game other than YDE. But they'll be able to make a run for it. Uh, right now, it looks as if it's down to SAR and Ramaz for that final playoff spot. If Rambam can beat Hank tomorrow night, they'll make a very interesting go of it. But I, I don't know whether or not there's a scenario, given that Ramaz and SAR each play two games against each other, one at the end of the week, where Rambam can technically still make it, or maybe even North Shore, even if they win their remaining two games. It may have to come down to tiebreakers with uh, with SAR having two ties, or Ramaz, it depends on what happens at the end of this week, but we'll probably have more clarity uh, by next week's show, potentially having all eight playoff spots filled. Taking a look at the games on the week ahead, Rambam and Hank play tomorrow night. It looks as if Rambam will be finishing out their string while Hank looks to improve their seeding. Uh, the two began their season uh, against each other with a 6-2 Hank win. YDE and North Shore will play in a cross-conference game tomorrow night. And Frisch and TABC, with uh, Frisch having locked up the Western Division crown, this is for Pride, uh, the Route 4 hockey matchup, and TABC seeding. TABC definitely needs this game more than Frisch, so it'll be a very interesting battle. Uh, Tuesday night, we'll see uh, Mag and David and Shari Torres square off. It's a meaningless game at the bottom of the Central. It's merely for uh, positioning and scheduling purposes next year. And Thursday, we'll see SAR and Ramaz square off. Uh, the only game with two teams still fighting for a playoff berth. Either team could really put a dent in the other's chances. Uh, in fact, uh, an SAR win would uh, potentially, I believe, knock Ramaz out of playoff contention. Uh, I think, as I said earlier, Ramaz can clinch the final playoff berth with a win over Ramaz and uh, Hank and North Shore victories tomorrow night. Moving over to the rankings now for the week. Uh, again, this is not including today's game. DRS still at the top, beating Hank and Rombaum. First staying at the two with Rombaum and MTA wins on the week. Hafter uh, staying in the three with the overtime win over Rombaum. Hank staying in the four with the loss of DRS. TABC staying in the five with the tied SAR. So the top five stay the same. JEC, even with the loss to Flatbush, stays at six. Flatbush moves moves up from ninth to seventh with uh, wins over Shari and JEC and the win in overtime over Rambam. SAR jumps up from the tenth to the eighth spot with the tie against TABC. Rambam with uh, four losses on the week, two in overtime to Hafter and Flopush, and two outright to Frisch and DRS. Drop from seventh to ninth. North Shore stays at eight, stays at tenth. Uh, sorry, North Shore drops from eighth to tenth. Ramaz stays at eleven. MTA the loss to Frisch keeps them at twelve. YDE despite the Shari win stays at thirteen. Uh, Mag and David stays at fourteen with the loss to JEC and Shari Torres taking a few losses on the week stays at the bottom in fifteenth. Moving over to varsity hockey, what a week, uh, two weeks this really was. So many high-profile matchups and so much shifting uh, in terms of the the East, really. going to go out of order a bit and sift through the big storylines of the week. We'll start out in the West. TABC and SAR squared off two weeks ago. Uh, two teams came into the game one win apart, but with TABC up two in the loss column, SAR needing a win and a half to win over TABC later on in the week in order to be in the hunt for the division. Things started on a positive note for the visitors, uh, winners of their previous three heading in. First period, SAR on a four-on-two power play. Jason Burian, 
nails a shot home to put SAR up one nothing. A minute later, TABC would get their turn on the power play and would convert as well, with Kalev Minsky putting home a slapper from the point, set up with a beautiful pass from Ari Fuchs. It would not be the only time Fuchs's name appeared on the score sheet. Under two to play in the period, SAR cleared the ball and looked to make a change on defense. Shuana Orr dropped back and quickly sent the ball to Daniel Levy and fed a wide-open cutting Fuchs, who scored for the 2-1 TABC lead. Second period, though, SAR back on the power play. Once again, Shua Friedman feeding Burian for the power play goal to not the game at two. It would stay that way until the third when there was, guess what, another power play. TABC with the man advantage, and once again, Kalev Minsky nailed the top shelf for the 3-2 Storm victory. Also that Sunday, Flatbush would be in action as well, as you already heard right here on the court report, uh, against Hafter, um, who they whom, uh, defeated the Falcons 8 nothing. It would be another it would be a bad week for the Falcons who would also fall to DRS 6 to 2 and the Wildcats avenging an earlier 3-2 loss to pull themselves closer to the 500 mark at 4 and 5 their stretch would not be over and we'll get back to that shortly Another game that tied itself into our main storyline was the Frisch Rombaum game last Monday night, although it didn't seem like it would at the time. Uh, Frisch taking a 3 1 lead a minute into the second and never looked back. The Frisch win would allow it to keep pace with SAR at the top of the division and stay in contention for the second seed. Conversely, the loss was a huge blow to Rombaum, who now had their second loss, dropping it squarely back into second place in the East with a huge game against. Hafter coming up that Wednesday. For Hafter, it was simple. A win over Rambam and the division was theirs. After the 6-1 win in Rambam a few weeks earlier, no one would have batted an eyelash if Gilad Kirstein scoring four minutes into the game had been the beginning of another beatdown. However, Rambam stood its ground defensively and was able to head into the break down only one nothing. In the second, Rambam would find some life, pressuring Gluck, but not breaking through. But with just under two minutes to go, however, Rambam mounted an offensive with a rebound bouncing out to Noah Schwartz, who drilled it home to tie the game at one. The third period would not be a kind one to the Hawks, who spent a nice amount of time killing penalties, including a four-on-two as the clock wound down on the third. But Rambam could not find the net, and the game would go to overtime. In a game befitting a monumental ending, it would come 30 seconds in. Rambam possession in the hafter zone. Ball passed over to a cutting David Green, who sent a shot across that deflected off of Harry Tannen's leg and into the net for the Ravens' 2-1 game-winning goal. The implications of the loss would actually stretch beyond this game. However, as the Hawks, now having lost their second game, would need to win out to control their own destiny in the hunt for the division title. Their issue? They face TABC next. For Hafter, a win would be the only positive outcome. Anything else would give Rambam control of the East. A very daunting task when you're facing your biggest competition for the best team in the league, though, right? In the first period, though, Hafter looked to have the game well in control. Five minutes into the game, Zach Kramer gave the Hawks a one nothing lead. A few minutes later, Hafter on the power play, Jake Berger would increase the margin to two. TABC would salvage the period with a Yair Noller goal late, but Hafter still had the momentum and would hold down the fort until the third. Once again, like TABC's last game, it would make good on its advantages. Under two minutes left in the game, TABC on the power play, Daniel Levy placed one behind Ryan Gluck to tie the game at two. So for the second game in a row, the Hawks would go to overtime. And in the blink of an eye, Hefter found itself reeling as Noller netted his second of the game to take the win for TABC in overtime 3-2. to two. The loss dropped Hefter back to 
10, 1, 0, and 2. With Rambam being 7 and 2, assuming that both teams won out, the points would be the same at 24. However, Rambam would earn the tiebreak with more wins. So for Hafter, the name of the game was pray for a Rambam loss. They would get their first chance with Rambam facing DRS this past Monday night. The Wildcats coming off of a 2-0 win Saturday night over Hank. DRS scored in the first two minutes of the game, but Rambam was able to counter with two goals in under two minutes by Avi Orlau and Daniel Yataki to take the lead. But the lead would not hold, as with three minutes left in the first, Andrew Giller would knock the game at two. In the second, the only goal scored would be for the Ravens, as Daniel Kerman backhanded the ball past Gabriel Miller, and the Ravens would enjoy a 3-2 lead heading into the third. But the third is where the wheel came off for the Ravens. Four Aton Arie goals helped turn a 3-2 deficit into a 6-3 DRS win. So just like that, Rambam, control in their hands, turns it right back over to Hefter. Rambam will now need to hope that Hefter has trouble with DRS in their last game down after the break, and then win out on their own. DRS would finish off the week with a 7-0 win over Mag and David to do a quick turnaround, going from 3-5 to 7-5 in just two weeks time. Rambam would rebound, but almost didn't. Rambam facing Flatbush this past Wednesday night. The Falcons were able to erase deficits of 1-0 and 3-1 and earn a double minor power play with six seconds left in regulation heading into overtime. However, in overtime, the duo of Harry Tannen and Noah Schwartz and the goaltending of Charlie Altman were able to kill off the entire three minutes on their own, and then 30 seconds later, Tannen, drawing two Flatbush players at the point, backhanded a no-look pass down low to Orlau, who shot it up and over Flatbush goalie Moshe Ilus for the hat-trick and the overtime winner. The win kicks Rambam up to 8-3 and three and are now three points away from clinching at least a second seed and a first-round home game. They can put themselves one step closer with a win over Hank this Monday night, which at the very least will give them the three seed and help avoid a 4-5 play-in game. Just a, just a quick note, a couple of weeks ago when these two teams faced, I mentioned a very interesting stat that Charlie Altman in his three years of playing goalie, had never given up a goal to Flatbush, and in this one game alone, gave up three and was almost tell- and was almost sacked with the loss. Uh, Altman, though, made many key saves down the back stretch, preserving the win for the Ravens. There were a few other games in the East on the week, these with playoff implications a little further down. Salman Schechter and Hank squared off, and this game would go to overtime. Salman Schechter's Ira Berger tying the game up at two with three seconds left in the third period. And in overtime, Schechter's Dina Bada put home his second of the game to win it for Salman Schechter and pull into a virtual tie with Hank behind Mag and David for the final playoff spot in the East, as the Warriors would defeat Salman Schechter 2-0 the very next night to keep pace. As for Hank, they took a 6-1 drubbing to Kushner to cap off their week, Arthur Greenfield recording the hat-trick for the Cobras in the win. Out west, there were a few games uh, on the week. Ramaz and JEC played that return game, with Ramaz once again winning J- uh, over JEC 3-2. No overtime this time. Ramaz was able to complete the win in regulation. JEC would play two more games this past week, a uh, 4-0 loss to Frisch and a 4-1 loss to, uh, to TABC. Jason Silverstein facing a firing squad in the TABC game, reportedly taking on close to 100 shots and only 
yielding four goals to no avail, as the Thunder are now 3-6-0-2, losers of their last seven after winning three of the first four games of the season, and are quickly seeing their playoff hopes slip away. Uh, a JEC loss, or a win by SAR and a win by Kushner uh, the rest of the way, will slam the door on those playoff hopes. Finally, last night, TABC continued their undefeated streak, winning a 4 nothing game against Kushner. TABC is now 11-0, and a win or tie, or a frish loss or tie from clinching the Western Division title. They have already locked up at least the second seed, so they will host a first-round home game. Another win will also ensure that TABC will have the best record and the most wins, 12, in hockey this season. Kushner drops to 6-4, and four, still two points up on MTA, and four up on JEC for the fifth seed. Kushner has Frisch tomorrow night, and Westchester next Saturday night. They are currently also two points back from the pack in the West that currently holds 14 points. Let's actually take a look at the standings and uh, take you through that. Uh, starting over in the East, Hafter... Uh, atop the East with 24, with 22 points at 10, 1, 0, and 2. They have one game left. That'll be DRS after the break. Rambam at 8 and 3, 16 points next best in a bunch with Flappish and DRS. Flappish at 7, 5, 0, and 1, also only having one game remaining. That'll be Frisch after the vacation. They have 15 points. DRS right behind them barely at 7 and 5. 14 points with two games remaining, uh, one tomorrow night against Solomon Schechter. Mag and David behind that pack, 4 and 9. Precarious position. They have 8 points. Solomon Schechter and Hank each have 7. Solomon Schechter is 3, 6, 0, and 1. Hank 3, 7, 0, and 1. Uh, both teams having very big games this week, which we'll get to very, very shortly. Meg and David right now are uh, doing a lot of praying. Their final game will be this coming week. They'll need a lot of help in order to hang on to that final playoff spot. And North Shore uh, rounding out the Eastern Conference at 1-11 and with two points. Moving out west, as we said, TABC undefeated 11-0, and 22 points. Nice big gap between them and the rest of the conference, SAR, Frisch, and Ramaz. All with 14 points, SAR and Frisch tied at 7-3, and three. Ramaz at 7-4 and four right behind them. Kushner behind that pack, as, as I said, at 6-4 and four with 12 points. MTA at the 500 mark, 5-5 five and five with 10 points. JEC 3-6-0-2 oh, at 8 points, and rounding out the pack is Westchester at 0-10. Oh, Taking a look at the week ahead, a couple of really big matchups. DRS and Solomon Schechter will face tomorrow night. Two weeks ago, this looked like it would be a game between two teams fighting for one of the final playoff berths. Now DRS is looking to jump Flatbush and grab one of the top three division spots. And Solomon Schechter itself is just looking to stay afloat for the only basically remaining playoff spot with uh, four of the spots having been clinched. Let me actually go through that. Hafter, Rambam, Flatbush, and DRS have already clinched playoff berths. Uh, Hafter having clinched a top three spot and a first round home game. Rambam sort of on the on the the cusp of clinching a at least one of the top three spots and soon enough one of the top two spots. Rambam and Hank will play Monday night, so Rambam looking to continue uh, on the right track and uh, uh, continued what they did against Flatbush, against the Hank team that did not win a game in all of December. A Rambam win brings them to that precipice of hosting a quarterfinal matchup. 
Uh, Monday night will also feature Kushner and Frisch, two teams in the massive pack in the middle of the West, and the game will start to weed out the top of the playoff bracket from the bottom. Monday night will also have JEC and Westchester, so with JEC getting their chance to bump right back into into a playoff spot. They basically need to win out, and they'll play uh, MTA on Wednesday night. Both teams are uh, desperate to remain in the playoff hunt. Both need a win. The loser will take a huge blow, and like I was saying, for JEC, that would mean elimination, despite what Jason Silverstein has done for them so far. Wednesday night will also have North Shore and Solomon Schechter, uh, so, and we'll also have Hank and Mag and David. So Wednesday will feature a game between the four teams at the bottom of the pack in the East. For three of them, uh, there's still a hope for a playoff berth. Uh, Hank and North Shore uh, took the first leg of their respective games between the two. North Shore defeated Solomon Schechter in overtime. Hank crushed Mag and David in Mag and David. So the way that this works out right now, Mag and David, again, needs desperately to win on Wednesday night. If they do not win Wednesday night, they are done because Hank will jump right over them and they'll take over that spot. And that'll be down to Hank and Solomon Schechter each with their respective games remaining. Hank can pick up a couple of key points this week. Solomon Schechter, uh, with an extra game in hand, though, may have the advantage. But if it comes down to a tie, uh, things will get a little bit interesting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Now, uh, two games remain. The two games remaining, uh, Thursday night and Saturday night, will be between uh, four Western teams. Uh, Thursday night will be uh, SAR and Ramaz, another game in that main pack. Ramaz needs to start putting up dents in the records of those above them uh, if they want to climb in the seedings board, and they will have the services of Alec, uh, Alex Glaubach this week, who has been out since uh, since very early on in the season with a wrist injury. So uh, that'll uh, look to give Ramaz a bit of a boost as the uh, as the season winds down. And Saturday night will be Westchester and Kushner. Uh, Westchester looking for their first win. Kushner looking for that all-important seventh win. That should push them uh, two games above MTA, uh, assuming that MTA does not uh, does not fare well against JEC. Should MTA fare well against JEC, then Kushner and MTA will, uh, will uh, head down that path for the game that was not played a couple of weeks ago, having to be played towards the end of the season. Taking a look at the rankings for this week, TABC obviously still at the top, having wins over SAR, JEC, Kushner, and the overtime win against Hafter over the last two weeks. SAR staying in the two spot, um, despite the loss to TABC, a very close loss to TABC, so it's very well-deserved. Hafter in the three spot still with the win against Flatbush, despite the, lo- the overtime losses to Robham and TABC. Frisch in the four with the win over Rambam and JEC. Rambam stays in the five with the win over the overtime win against Hafter, the regulation, uh, sorry, the two overtime wins against Hafter and Flatbush, and the two losses to DRS and Frisch. Rambam sort of staying in the middle of that pack. DRS makes a jump from eighth to sixth with their four-game winning streak over Flatbush, Hank, Rambam, and Mag and David. Ramaz drops from sixth to seventh uh, with a 3-2 win over JEC. Flatbush dropping from 7th to 8th with three losses on the week, one in overtime to Rambam and the losses to Hafter and DRS. Kushner stays in the ninth spot with the win against Hank and the loss to TABC. MTA stays in the 10, having been idle. JEC stays in the 11th spot despite the losses to Ramaz, Frisch, and TABC. Uh, Hank stays in the 12th spot with the overtime loss to Solomon Schechter the loss and the regulation loss to DRS and Kushner. 
Back in David's days in the 13, with the win over Solomon Schechter and the loss to DRS, North Shore in the 14 spot, having not played in a while. They'll be playing again this week, as I said. Solomon Schechter staying in the 15 spot with the win, uh, the overtime win against Hank and the loss to Megan David. And Westchester, having not played this week, will stay in the 16th and final spot. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. I am your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League sports. Moving over to basketball now, starting out in varsity basketball. We're going to start out with the big matchup of the last two weeks. It's a cross game between DRS and Frisch. Uh, facing another game without big man Judah Levine, undefeated DRS traveled to Frisch to meet up with the Cougars coming in at six and two. Frisch still very much in contention for the Western Conference, only two games behind Heschel. The game was sure to be hotly contested. Throw into that that these two teams have met in the semifinals two years ago as J V teams, and last year on the varsity level, with DRS winning both, and this was bound to be explosive. The early part of this game saw a DRS team trying to figure out how to cope against a high energy squad without their main center as a wild Cats went into the break trailing by four. On the other side of halftime, however, the Wildcats matched the Cougars stride for stride and would tie the game at 49 to send it to overtime. In the extra session, DRS jumped out on a 9-3 run and never looked back en route to a 64-58 overtime victory. Gabriel Leifer led all scorers with 25, Joab Deutsch added 18, and Akiva Ackerman dropped 10. Andrew Langer and Scott Levine led fresh scorers in the loss with 16 and 13 respectively. Frisch would be able to rebound later on in the week with a 69-57 win over Hillel. Despite a 17-4 Frisch lead at the end of the first, Hillel was able to stick around and make a game of it. Scott Levine scored 26 points for the Cougars in the win, but was topped by Hillel's Isaac Beta, who scored 28 points in defeat. This was Beta's second 25-plus point performance, having also topped the mark with 27 in Hillel's win over Kushner in November. Heschel continued their undefeated streak at the top of the standings board and improved to 10-0 on the season, defeating MTA 60-37 and Ramaz 84-60. In the MTA game, Heschel led by 8 at the half, but opened up the third quarter with a 22-5 run that MTA could never recover from. Sam Schwartzman led Heschel with 14, accompanied by Aaron Brandeis, who dropped 10. Daniel Mursky led MTA with 14 points in the loss. In the Ramaz game, a battle between two teams on on the opposite ends of the standing chart, the Rams, near last place in the division, found themselves only down three at the half. However, in the third quarter, Heschel's hot shooting came to life, dropping 25 points on the quarter and almost matching that with 24 in the fourth, the eventual margin of victory. Ilan Orgel scored 15 for the Heat. Schwartzman and Michael Gatan each scored 14. Ramaz was led by game-high scorer Ben Rabinowitz with 18. The 84 points scored by Heschel now marks the high-water mark in the Varsity League, topping Hillel's 81 points scored on December 13th. Their opponents, the Ramaz Rams. So Heschel, again, now at 10-0, retains a fierce stranglehold on the division given the rest of the action on the week, especially the results of the games featuring its next closest competitor in the standings, the JEC Thunder. 
JEC itself had three games on the week. In the first game against Hillel, they uh, lost the game 58-51. to Isaac Beta scored 20 points, and Robert Tobias had 14 for the Heat. Hillel's trade-off of wins and losses this week puts them at 6-5. and Good enough for fourth place right now, but in a precarious position. Only one loss ahead of TABC and two ahead of MTA, each of whom have a game in hand. Hillel and MTA squared off today, so this analysis could be very much a moot point, and we'll cover that next week right here on the Court Report. Speaking of MTA, MTA was JEC's next competition. Uh, MTA led uh, 12 to 5 at the end of the first, but RTMA battled back, holding them to no points in the second and taking a 14-12 lead at the break. In the second, MTA found their scoring again, but could not keep pace with JEC, who never trailed again, shooting perfect from the free-throw line in the fourth quarter to win the game by 9, 45-36. Shmayahu Shulman led JEC with 13 points. Arye Halpert had 12 for MTA. So we'll get back to MTA in just a second. We'll, start, we'll, we'll continue on with JEC's week. JEC would then travel to Flatbush, a game that saw former coach Avi Bornstein, now at JEC, back where he coached the last two years in the confines of Flatbush. A score would go back and forth in the opening period, with Flatbush sprinting out to the early lead behind a strong offensive effort from Elliot Beta, who had eight points in the period, including two three-pointers. But the JEC Thunder matched the Falcons' efficiency, finding the range late in the period and connecting on some threes of their own, nodding the score at 14 apiece, running layup at the buzzer. Second quarter would soar more back-and-forth scoring, with Flatbush pulling ahead by only leads of three or four, thanks to uh, uh, Junior guard Kevin Hadid, who scored 10, only to have JEC come right back with the Thunder uh, taking the lead at 1.21-20. It would prove to be the only lead the Thunder would enjoy as Hadid drive to the basket, followed by back-to-back threes from Beta and Albert Richter, would give Flatbush a bit of a cushion. By the end of the period, the Falcons had outscored the Thunder 16-9 and took a 7-point lead into the locker room 30-23. The teams played close to each other in the third period of the Falcons, squeezing out only one more point than JEC to, uh, to build to an eight-point lead heading into the final period of play. Uh, in that period, the Falcons were able to keep the Thunder uh, uh, relatively at bay, closing out the contest with a 50-43 to victory. Flatbush was led by Hadid, who went for 18 points on the night. Beta finished with 13. The win improves Flatbush to 7-3, and three. At that point, a loss ahead of Rombaum for third place and a loss behind Hafter in the race for second in the division, heading into last night's game versus Mag and David, which wasn't played, which is actually postponed. For JEC, the second loss in three games drops them back to 8-4, and four, a win ahead, but more importantly, a loss behind Frisch, who at 7-3 and three, now controls the race for the second seed. JEC needs to be perfect the rest of the way and hope for two major Frisch mess-ups as the Cougars hold the tiebreaker with their win over JEC earlier in the season. With games against TABC, SAR, and Heschel still remaining for the Cougars, two losses is not out of the realm of possibility. But JEC still needs to play Heschel themselves, as well as a team that they lost to early in the week, Hillel. And with SAR and Hillel so closely packed with JEC, the Thunder, who have clinched a playoff berth, could find themselves dropping still from 2nd to 5th in a very short time span.
Also this week, SAR and TABC squared off. Again, this a rematch of the quarterfinal game two years ago that went down to the wire. Dovi Marcus scored 19 points to lead the Sting in a 45-42 SAR Sting win. So SAR now jumps above the 500 mark and is now 5-4, two games up on TABC, who is now 3-7 for fifth place in the West. But more importantly, the four losses puts quite a bit of control in their hands, as beyond Heschel, who has zero losses, Frisch has three, JEC has four, SAR has four, and Hillel has five, meaning that if SAR runs the table, they could find themselves in contention for a first-round bye. Unfortunately for the Sting, the road to the top will take them through the two teams at the top, Heschel twice and Frisch. For TABC, the loss marks their third in a row and fifth in the last six games. The Storm do have the advantage on MTA with games in hand, but have a tougher schedule the rest of the way. TABC's remaining schedule will see them playing MTA, Frisch once more, SAR once more, and the two toughest teams in the East as their cross games, DRS and Hafter. MTA's stretch involved a game against Hillel today, as we said. TABC... Kushner and Rambam. Should MTA take the game against TABC and one other game in addition, TABC will need to win three of their last four games, an extremely daunting task with their remaining opponents, so that MTA game is a must-win for the Storm. Moving over to the East, Hafter improved to 9-2, and two, winning two games on the week. In the first, they trounced Shari Tower 56-19. In the second game, Hafter took on Hank at home. The Hawks would be playing this game without A.B. Perlau in Chile with the U.S. team at the Pan American Maccabee Games, which I'll hopefully talk about in a couple of minutes if we have a little more time at the end. Hafter opened up the game strong with its two current big men, Jake Berger and Max Rosner, dropping three-pointers and combining for the first 11 points of the game in a 14-0 run before Hank finally scored a point. Hafter would end the first up 17-5. to The second quarter, though, did not exactly live up to the scoring billing that the first did, as only a combined seven points fell, with Hafter taking an 11-point lead, 20-9 at the break. The Hawks would double that lead in the middle of the third with a 15-4 to run. Hafter would then score five points in the first minute of the half of the fourth to up the score to 40-16, to and Hank would attempt to make a comeback with 16 straight points to make the score a respectable 40-32 to Hafter victory. Hank would also take a loss to YDE, 46-43, the second upset of the week for YDE, who also knocked out Rambam, 48-43, to take a three-game lead over Mag and David in the race for the playoffs. This, despite Mag and David's 47-42 win over Shari Torah. The pressure is now on Mag and David, who will need to win three games just to catch both YDE and Hank in wins, and won't have the luxury of any margin for error. They'll get Rambam and Hank in there, but they'll also need to deal with the likes of Flatbush, SAR, and Hafter, all five of whom will make it very difficult on the Warriors to make a serious push for the postseason. The race now, it seems, is all just a battle for seeding in the East, as four teams are within the 6-7 and seven win mark, which we'll cover in just a second when we get to standings. So Hank has now lost their last four games after starting off the year 6-2, and two, while Rambam has dropped two of their last three. Rambam will attempt to rebound against Mag and David tomorrow night.
taking a look at the standings in varsity basketball, starting out in the East, DRS at the top, still a perfect 12-0. Half to right behind them at 9-2. Flatbush and Rambam each with seven wins. Again, part of the four, seven, and six, four, seven, win, six win teams we talked about, the four teams. Flatbush and Rambam with seven wins. Hank and YDE with six wins. The way it uh, shapes out, Flatbush at seven and three. Rambam at 7-5, and five. Hank and YDE tied at 6-6. Six and six. Then behind them, a, a nice drop, as I said, the three-win drop to Mag and David, who is 3-6, and six. North Shore at 1-11, and 11, and Shari at 0-11. Oh, and 11. Shari and North Shore are, uh, are out of the running at this point, and so it really is down to seven teams for six spots in the East. DRS has already clinched a playoff berth and a first-round bye, and can clinch the division with a win or a Hafter loss. Hafter has also clinched Flatbush, Rombaum, and Hank, and potentially even YDE, can all uh, can clinch over the next few weeks, uh, depending on the, uh, the the YDE games that need to be sorry the Flatbush games with YDE and Mag and David that need to be rescheduled. Over to the West, Heschel still a perfect 10 and 0, clinched a playoff berth. JEC at 8 and 4, right behind them. Frisch at 7 and 3. Hillel at 6 and 5. SAR at 5 and 4. TABC at 3 and 6. MTA right behind them at 3 and 7. Ramaz a couple of strides behind them at 3 and 9. And Kushner way, way back at 2 and 10. So you can see the East is a little more packed than the West, um, at least in the middle. The, the West is a little more streamlined with 10, 8, 7, 6, 5, 3. But at the bottom, you have that pack of three also looking for that last playoff spot. Looking ahead to this week, again, we talked about today the Hill MTA game. Uh, tomorrow night, MTA will be in action again, uh, again against Kushner. MTA needs both in addition to the game against TABC later on in the week to stay in the hunt, despite, again, having three teams with three wins. Having nine losses will not be an easy mountain to climb, especially with TABC having several games in hand. Uh, tomorrow night will also, as I said, be Mag and David and Rambam. After the loss to YDE, another Rambam loss would put a first-round home game in jeopardy for the Ravens. Mag and David just looking to gain ground on YDE in the race for sixth place. Tuesday night, we'll see Shari Torah and North Shore battle, uh, battle between the two teams at the bottom of the East. Wednesday night, we'll have TABC-MTA, as we discussed. Saturday night, TABC in action again, this time against Frisch, an important two games for TABC as well. Having games in hand, any wins now, especially over MTA, um, you know, who they're in competition with, and Frisch, a rivalry game that they almost won in TABC, would be a huge, huge, huge kick in the backside for a team desperately in need of one. And finally, next Saturday night will also be Ramaz Hillel. Ramaz has a tough hill to climb and needs every win they can possibly get. A loss will make it impossible to claim a, pay, a playoff spot. Hillel can smell a first-round home game, but need to keep ahead of SAR. As for the Jewish Hoops American National Top 25, there was no new National Top 25 this week, so we'll return to that hopefully next week. Let's move over to girls basketball now, and then we'll come back to JV boys after. 
starting out in girls uh, A in the east, uh, Flappish and Hafter squared off at the Barclays Center two Sundays ago. Uh, Flappish defeating Hafter 37-22 for sole possession of first place in the Eastern Conference. Falcons were led in scoring by Jen Mala's nine points. Sarah Horowitz and Rose Michon scored eight points apiece. Flappish would continue the trend, dropping Central 42-27. Horowitz dropping 12 points in the first half for the Flatbush Falcons in the victory. Also on the week, Hafter would also uh, down Central. They'd rebound from the loss to Flatbush to win 38-20, to and then dominating Hank 54-18. to Hank would turn around, though, and defeat Heschel 48-47. to Yasmin Burakim hit the game-winning shot with 10.7 seconds left for the Hurricanes in that win. Moving out to the West, a strange week. Frisch and Breweria... Um, having uh, quite a bit of contest over the last two weeks. Frisch having five games, Breweria having four out in the West. Frisch defeating Hillal twice, 50-42 to and 46-45. Also defeating Kushner, 48-31, to and Maya Note, 59-50. to So Frisch really uh, went the entire spectrum of games they could play. They would end up facing Breweria, which we'll get to later on. Uh, Breweria uh, defeated SAR, 46-38, defeated Hillal 46-39, and defeated Kushner 54-51 to to set up a game against Frisch later on in the week. That was uh, last night, actually. And uh, Frisch actually came into this game undefeated, but would not leave that way, as Breweria, uh, a now an 8-2 team right behind Frisch, defeated now 9-1 Frisch 55-37. to So a tight race, again, at the top of the, uh, at the top of the, Girls A West. These teams have all seen that before. I think it was, I remember if it was last year or two years ago, I'll do my research for next week's show, where the same three teams were just bunched together at the top of either the varsity or JV standings. I'll check back and get, uh, and get back to you uh, in the next couple of days on that. Uh, also, in uh, in a game uh, in the middle of the pack, Hillel defeated Maya Notes 65 to 39. Taking a look at the standings um, in the East, Flatbush 10-0 clinched a playoff berth uh, and clinched a first-round home game. Can clinch the number one seed with the win versus Hafter. Hafter behind them at nine and one. Ramaz and North were way behind both of those teams. Ramaz at five and four. North Shore at four and six. Central at three and five. Hank at two and seven. All three of those teams, uh, sorry, all four of those teams still in contention for playoff berths. Hank barely holding on. Heschel at 0 and 10 has been eliminated. Out in the West, again, Frisch at 9 and 1, Breweria at 8 and 2, SAR at 7 and 1, Hillel at 6 and 4. Those teams have clinched the four playoff uh, spots as Maya Note is 2 and 7, Kushner's 1 and 9, and Westchester at 0 and 9. All three are eliminated. Moving over to, uh, to Girls JV now. Uh, Girls JV West, Frisch, uh, a double up on the week, defeating Kushner 54 to 11 and Maya Note 43 to 36. SAR dropping Breweria 46-26. Breweria rebounding from that to take their first win over Kushner 44-40 in overtime, but dropping a game to Frisch last night by 30, 57-27. Over in the East, Hafter a six-point win over Central 35-29. And in a cross game, Central will get their first win as well with a 44-31 win over Kushner. Taking a look at those standings in girls' JV, 
a little bit more, a little bit less complicated than these, a little more concise. In the east, uh, a lot further packed. Uh, you have North Shore at six and two, Hafter at five and two, and Ramaz and Flatbush tied at four and three. All of those are in are in the playoffs. As Central at one and seven, as has been eliminated. Out in the west, Frisch at seven and one, Maya Note at five and two, Sar at four and four, and then Kushner and Bruria in a really interesting situation. Kushner at one and eight, Bruria at one and six. Moving over to Girls B, a couple of uh, games on the week, only five. SKA defeated Shalamis and also defeated Ilan. Magan David would also defeat Shalamis. Shalhevet would topple Magan David, and Bruria would also drop Ilan. Looking at their standings um, in Girls B, you have SKA at 6-0, Shalhevet at 6-1, Bruria at 5-1. All three of those teams have clinched playoff berths. Ilan behind them at 3-5. Mag and David at 1 and 6, while Shalamis at 0 and 8 has been eliminated. On their week, Bruria will host Shalhevet on Monday night, as well as Mag and David hosting SKA. SKA can start to put the division out of reach and uh, drop Mag and David out of playoff contention. Tuesday, we'll see Shalamis hosting Elon. Wednesday, we'll have Mag and David and Bruria swearing off. An Elon win on Tuesday, and a Mag and David loss would give Elon a playoff berth and eliminate Mag and David and give us the four playoff teams. SK and Shalhevet will square off on Thursday in the battle of the two teams at the top, uh, along with Bruria, who will take on SKA next Sunday. Now let's quickly move back over to JV basketball on the week. JV basketball uh, in the East, a couple of big games from Mag and David, dropping North Shore 42 to 39, and then taking out Derechatora at the top, 62 to 61, close one-point game. Derechatora defeating Rambam earlier in the week, 64 to 59. So as we said, coming into the week, Mag and David had a chance to make waves, uh, showing that their one-loss record coming in wasn't just a matter of scheduling, and they apparently did that against a highly ranked Derek Torah team. Hafter would also pick up two key wins on the week, defeating Shari Torah 60-33, and then facing Hank last week. Hank held a big lead in this game, up 15 points, but the Hawks would battle back and take the lead two minutes into the fourth quarter. The score would seesaw, and with Hafter up one with under 30 seconds left, two Harrison Koritsky free throws would up the lead to three. Hank would have one last possession as the clock wound down, and with 5.5 seconds left a Hank inbounds from midcourt, found its way to Michael Tsor, who put up a ridiculous step-back running three to tie the game and send it to overtime. In the OT session, it was a two-point game with 40 seconds left when a Simon Perlau block preserved the game for the Hawks. Two Koritsky free throws later would ice the game, and Hafter would survive to stay in the hunt for the division with a 64-58 overtime victory. Ezra and Shari Toro would square off with Ezra, getting the 45-37 win for their first of the season. At the top, DRS defeated YDE 45-32. Hank would also knock off YDE by the score of 45-28. As a result of YDE's two losses this week, Megan David, Derek Otora, and Hank all clinch playoff berths. And Megan David once again picking up a key win last night, 52-42 over Flatbush. Flatbush held a six-point lead at the half, 30-24, with 
Magen, they had been making a 7-0 run before Flatbush took the lead back 38-33, heading into the final quarter of play. But the Warriors exploded in the fourth, outscoring the Falcons 19-4 en route to a 10-point victory in this cross-Brooklyn battle. So Magen David has now catapulted their way into the top of the standings board, rolling through the competition, picking up six straight wins since their one-point loss to Hank two months ago. The true test for the Warriors, however, will be their next two games against the two teams that currently are at the top of the boards with DRS next Saturday night and Hafter after the break. Moving out to the west, Frisch doubling up Hillel, 70-35 to to stay undefeated. JEC looking to uh, to solidify its playoff hopes with a 55-51 win over Maor. Ramaz and Heschel played to a 69-58 Ramaz win. Gabe Fisher leading the Rams to victory. Heschel led by uh, Mr. Antibi with 28 points in, uh, in the loss. And also, Maor would stay in the playoff hunt, defeating Westchester. Moving over to the standings board in the East, DRS and Hafter both with eight wins. DRS at eight and zero, undefeated. Hafter at eight and one. Mag and David climbing to seven and one. Der Hatora at six and three, and Hank at five and three. All five teams have clinched playoff berths. Fighting for the last playoff spot are Flatbush, YDE, and North Shore, all with three wins. Flatbush at three and four. YDE at three and five, and North Shore at three and six. Eliminated are Rambam at two and seven, Ezra getting their first win on uh, on the season this week at one and seven, and Shari Torah at zero oh and nine. Over in the West, a much more tightly packed race. Frisch undefeated at seven and zero oh at the top. SAR, TABC, Ramaz, and JEC all with six wins right behind them. SAR at six and zero, oh, TABC at six and two, Ramaz and JEC at six and three, and then a very large drop down to MTA at 3 and 3, Heschel at 3 and 4, and Maor at 3 and 5, Kushner at 2 and 6, Hillel and Westchester at 0 and 8 round out the division. Games coming up for the week ahead. MTA and Kushner square off tomorrow night. MTA needing the win to gain separation in the race for the final playoff berth. Kushner needs the win to stay alive. Ezra and Hank will also square off Monday night, as well as Maor and Heschel. Tuesday night sees Flatbush hosting Derek Hatora, and uh, after a Magan loss, YDH needs a big win, and Flatbush would certainly qualify. Uh, on Wednesday night, TABC will host MTA. Um, Frisch will take TABC in the Route 4 rivalry next Saturday night. Frisch still striving for that perfect season and looking to hold the O in the loss column until the game against SAR on the 16th. And next Sunday, we'll see Mag and David with their biggest test yet uh, to, uh, against DRS. Mag and David, really the only team that can now swipe the East Division crown away on its own. And Sunday, we'll have the two bottom teams in the West, Hill and and Westchester squaring off. Just a few notes before we go. Heading back to boys basketball this coming week, this coming Thursday night, we'll see the Saturn tournament taking place in half. That'll start this Thursday night and play throughout the weekend. Also, a uh, huge Yasher Koach to the, uh, to the two teams in the 2015 Pan-American Maccabee games. The, uh, the two teams, the junior boys basketball team and the youth men's basketball team, uh, all uh, littered with Yeshiva League players. The uh, youth men's basketball team uh, featuring uh, stars like uh, Gabriel Leifer, A.B. Perlow that I mentioned before, Ben Rabinowitz, Jeremy Spira, Ty Gersberg, uh, the usual uh, group of people that you actually hear on the court report and coached by Heschel, uh, undefeated Heschel head coach Evan Pickman. That team rolled to a gold medal victory the other day uh, over 
Argentina over the uh, course of five days. Down in Chile, the group uh, defeated Israel 80 to 43, defeated Chile 101 to 43, uh, took Argentina out in double overtime 70 to 69, then took Chile out in the playoff round and Argentina in the gold medal game. The junior boys basketball team, currently 3-0, will face Mexico today and will look to play in the medal round. So good luck to them on that. Given that it's late, no time for the words for the wise this week, so let's just move on to the finish. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can also catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the court report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the a.m. with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank Thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Give them a call at 718-769-4111. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nahum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com